I was on another small site one time and the contractor was demoing the technology before we arrived and put it on the machine. He thought he had a back hill that was graded. I can't remember if it was like a three to one slope, but he's like, oh, it's perfect. You know, we've done it. I said, okay, we'll take your dozer out there now that you have GPS, see if it's on grade, you know, make sure it matches. And they ended up bringing 20 more truckloads of dirt in to get it finished up. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess doing it by the seat of your pants and by eye isn't going to be a good enough. You know, you do need to have this type of system or you need to have a lot of stakes out there to help you and stretch string lines, measure, you know, don't guess, just use the technology to help you. Welcome back, everybody, to the ConExpo ConEg podcast. I am your host, Taylor White. As always, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Komatsu with those beautiful, beautiful yellow machines. Today with me, I have somebody who I'm definitely looking forward to speaking about the technology side of construction. Don't normally get to dive into that so much. EJ with us here today from Digit Digital GPS. EJ, thanks for being on here. Hey, Taylor, appreciate you inviting me. It's uh, it's awesome to be part of the show. Yeah, and listen, and I was saying before this, I appreciate it. I know we rescheduled a couple of times, so I really appreciate you coming on here today and, and adjusting that, and it means a lot. Oh, absolutely. It's like, uh, you know, a typical construction schedule. You know, go with the flow and uh, make it work. Yeah, 100%. So why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourself? You know, what are you into right now? What's your claim to fame? Well, I suppose posting awesome construction videos, heavy equipment, try and focus on the technology side of things, primarily because I work at SciTech South in Atlanta, Georgia, and promoting that uh, as far as the Trimble equipment goes, the GPS, site surveying equipment. It's something new for a lot of people still. A lot of people are still picking up on it. How does it work? And you know, what's it going to do for me? And so I like to showcase that on my videos and on social media under Digit Digital GPS. Yeah, you have a ton of stuff just, you know, showing machine, whether it's a dozer, you know, pushing some dirt or an excavator or the guys in the trench. What brought you into that, that industry? Like what brought you into this side? I know that maybe you've done some excavation beforehand, but what got you to where you are now? Well, I've always been curious with construction equipment since I was a kid. I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, around Caterpillar, a lot of family members working at Caterpillar. And then I ended up working there as well in the engineering side of things. Just being around the equipment and wanting to do more, wanting to learn how to run it, I started an excavation business and learned how to run these machines myself. I learned all kinds of different construction trades for as far as like utilities and Nice. Digging foundations for new homes, uh, apartments, just try to get into every aspect of using a piece of heavy equipment. Then from there, you know, it's just, it kind of branched out to the technology side at Caterpillar. Now, after I had left my business, learned the technology that Cat was providing kind of with Trimble. And then the opportunity popped up at SciTech South in Atlanta that they needed a sales manager down there to help promote the technology in the industry and, and in that region to uh, go out and help customers put this on their machines, get their crews set up so they could go out and be more productive each and every day. 
And obviously being in excavation, you would have saw that, you know, like there's this massive need, you know, if you were doing, you know, excavation in an apartment digs or home digs or whatnot. I mean, whenever you're doing final grading, you know, you got the guy with the laser stick doing all the stuff. And then now you have machine control. We've come so far from that. Was there a passion? Did you see the need for that in the industry? And that's where you're like, you know what? I like doing the excavation, but this is kind of what I want to dive down into more because the industry kind of needs it. Yeah, it was like the next step for me because, you know, I had firsthand knowledge of some of the design with these machines. Wow. I ran the machines and I used them every day. Like you said, with the great checker out there, you know, I could put him out doing something else, doing a better job or doing a different task for the day instead of just following me behind the bucket, making sure that I was on grade with the excavator. You know, and it would be a dig, make a pass, and then he would double check it again, and then I'd make another pass, and then he'd check it again. Well, shoot, if I had that 3D system in my excavator back then, I could have probably dug the basement at least 50% faster, 60% faster, maybe. I could have had him moving dirt over to the side somewhere where it was out of the way instead of me having to do it with the excavator. So we use lasers. That was kind of the thing then, but seeing the lasers still out there being used, people aren't using the 2D systems even. So, you know, I talk about that as well. It's totally true. We still use laser as well, too. And uh, yeah, I find a lot of the time the guys aren't even using all the technology that is handed to them in the machine because of that. And when you go into GPS, you kind of unlock this next level, you know, it's like a video game. It's like, you know, level two has now been unlocked because you have this range that you can actually cover on the job site or the technology, that machine that you're actually paying for when you buy the machine. What I want to know is I want you to explain, because you'd be a great person for this. How does GPS, the technology, how does it actually work? Like, okay, you have like a base station and this and that, like, Can you explain that to people listening right now? How does GPS work to like where you put in a grade on the machine and it's doing it? Well, yeah, basically you do have a base station and that's either a local base station or you can subscribe to a service where you get the corrections over the air. But I'd say probably 90% of contractors are using the local base station. So you set that up and what that does is it's giving corrections to any machine that's on the job site. Basically, it pulls in a tighter accuracy to your location. Through what? Satellite? Through satellites, yes. Okay. And then you have a 3D model that somebody has either designed for you or you've done it yourself at your office using software. And you take the engineer plans, create this 3D surface that your machines are going to go out and build on the site, load that into the machine. And with the machine system, you have GPS receivers that are typically either on the cab, out on the blade. You've seen mast out on the blade before. And then you have sensors that tell the blade the different pitches that it's doing, as well as the machine will have pitch sensors as well. And then the operator sees a screen inside the cab with the model on it and his position on the job site. And it'll tell you, based off of the blade tip, bucket tip, or whatever you're using, where your blade is, based off of the model on the job site. And so that helps guide the operator to know where he's supposed to dig, grade, push dirt to, see where his cut and fills are. Once you start using it, it's pretty intuitive. 
Yeah. New operators really pick it up quick. It it helps them become a better operator quicker. But the experienced operators, when they start using the 3D GPS, it just it really makes them like experts. They can really go out there and do some work. It's so crazy. Everything that you just said, you know, it's so wild, right? When you think about it, like where we've come from since 1940s, 1950s construction equipment to now, which really isn't in the span of time really isn't that long. And now we have these things where you have this base station that's talking to the machine and that machine has technology built into it now that knows where its bucket is, which knows where its placement is on the job site, which knows the job site plans and grades. It's really wild thing. But why would you say if someone was like, why do I need GPS? What is the importance of the accuracy on the job site for production or final product? Well, with the GPS systems, I think you end up doing the grades or the work faster. And you also are doing it once instead of guessing. If you think you have it to grade, a lot of operators say they're really good. They can see it a grade by eye. You know, I hear that every day. But then you get the GPS system out there and, well, it's off, you know. So what happened? Did you not measure correctly with the staking? Did you have your dozer at a wrong slope and you thought your eye was good? But at the end of the day, with the GPS system, you're going to be more accurate being able to do it the first time instead of coming back and fixing anything. And a lot of people are just scared, you know, with the technology, trying to figure out who's going to run it, who's going to be in charge of it. You know, if we buy this, is it going to be put to good use or are my guys going to actually apply it? Or is it going to sit in a closet somewhere and collect dust? You know, it's not something that you can easily just purchase off the shelf. And if you use it, you don't, or, you know, it's very expensive, but, you know, so is another machine, you know, instead of buying several machines, maybe you buy one machine with GPS or technology on it. And that can do just as much as maybe two or three machines can. Yeah. hundred percent. You mentioned that it's great for new operators because it helps them. Do you truly think that it is good for new operators to learn on a machine with GPS? Or do you think it's better to learn without GPS? Because that's a big debate. I have an experienced operator when we tried a Trimble system this year, and we put it on a Komatsu dozer, actually. It was the I version, the D, I forget, it was a 55 or something like that. You know, this kid could run a dozer, no GPS, put him on the one with the GPS, and he nailed it. Like, it was amazing. But do you think it hinders good operators because they're not learning how to do that manual keeping grade versus with GPS? Or what I'm saying just doesn't make sense. What you're saying makes complete sense. So there's different trains of thought with that because everybody learns differently. Some learn through applications, some learn by watching videos, others learn by watching others do it. I myself, I learned how to operate equipment without any technology. So I'm kind of old school that way. I would say if you had some small task that you could set somebody out like on a dozer and just start grading a pad, let them play with the controls and focus on the machine, understand the limits of the machine, how it functions, the controls. And then once they get good at that, give them a machine with 3D on it. Just like you said with your operator, you know, and then they can they understand the functionality of it, but then once they get the 3D, it just opens the window and it says, okay, this is what I'm now 
trying to get done for the day. This is my productivity area here that I'm focused on. For an excavator, you know, you do need to learn how to run the controls to dig a flat trench. I would say put somebody on a machine to start loading trucks first or do cleanup and then let them start gradually moving up to grading footings using technology to help them with that. And then, you know, you don't put somebody out on the, on a mainline pipe trench, you know, putting in a storm sewer, sanitary sewer when they're new, you got to have some experience just so I think with the 3D, you still need to have some experience to get going. You mentioned being scared. And uh, as a business owner, I can totally speak to that because the worry of like, we did a rental on one for a commercial project. And then, you know, then it's afterwards, it's like, okay, well, price is set to actually buy it. And it's a big investment. It's not 20, 30, 40. I mean, I'm talking Canadian dollars, you know, it's 60, 70. And that's not machine control even included in that. So like, it is a massive investment. And I guess I was scared of, okay, are we even going to really use it on maybe some of our smaller projects and not the big commercial projects if the big commercial projects don't keep coming? What would you say to other people that might have that kind of fear from the business owner standpoint? It's an investment. What I tell people is if they're not going to get into technology, I think they're soon going to have to get into another business, another line of work, because people with the technology are just going to get the work done a lot cheaper and a lot faster. So there's ways that you could acquire the technology. So like at MySciTech, we have rental options. We've got RPO options. You can finance the equipment. It is a, an expensive jump into it, especially like if you need a base station and a rover to get started, plus a machine system, you know, you're talking over $100,000 to get started. But there's been some conversations I've had with contractors and I look at their fleet of pickup trucks, you know, and they've bought two or three new pickup trucks recently. And it's like, those aren't cheap, you know, but no. do they make you money? It's like, no, well, they get you, your guys back and forth to the job. You know, you could probably get by with a cheaper pickup truck and buy the technology because over time, that technology is going to give you a better ROI. So you have to balance things out and get it to work with your books. Try and understand that investing in the long run is going to help you. I totally agree. The point that you made about the pickup truck, if you <laughs> think, you know, it's true because we'll sit there and think like, oh, maybe I, I can't afford that or do that right now. But yet a good deal on a three quarter ton comes by and we're like, wow, we can use another three quarter yeah. diesel. I'll just snatch it up. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. You mentioned that in construction, you know, you can't really get it further without adopting this technology. And I would say I agree. I think that you could still have your construction company, but I think at some point you might kind of get left behind or miss out on some projects that the scope requires GPS or larger scale projects. So really growth would be hindered by not adopting the technology. Do you think a part of what you're doing is a key role of selling this machinery and helping people adopt that technology? Yeah, in my role, I'm not only doing sales, but I'm kind of consulting. So I help these contractors think about planning their jobs, how they're going to attack it, and how technology can help that. Let's say somebody's bidding on a project and they're not using technology. They go off of all the engineering inputs, cut fills, how much material you're going to move, and you actually go out to the site 
and it's different once you get started. So a lot of times, you know, you'll throw in a change order for that difference. But if you can go in and quote it correctly the first time before you get started, I think you have a better chance of winning. That's through a good 3D surface model. It's through maybe flying it with a drone first once you get the area cleared so you have a good cut fill map and then incorporating that with your 3D systems. There's lots to think about and consider when you're quoting against other people. They're trying to do the same thing and get their quotes as tight as possible. So, you know, every advantage you can take to put more money into your pocket, the better. Yeah, you're dead right on that. Especially right now, what we're seeing is, you know, as it's not like like the past three years in construction have obviously, you know, they were a wild time. So, I mean, you throw a number at somebody or a project and I mean, not just willy nilly any number, but it was less competitive because there was so yeah. much demand. And now that people are, you know, really watching where they're spending their money or big developers are maybe, you know, not doing as many big projects, we're really seeing the jobs that we're quoting. The profit is just getting smaller and smaller in terms of where we're actually able to price the job. So kind of what to your saying is use the technology to really help you, you know, if you end up do getting a job, you know, be efficient on the job site because you'll be able to track what you're doing as well, too. And you're not over digging. You're, so you're not oh, yeah. in more aggregate than what you priced for. But that sort of stuff is super, super helpful. Yeah, you're not burning more fuel every day with these machines, too. So if you can dig it to grade the first time or get it graded with your dozer closer than what you were before and not have to make so many passes, that's less fuel that you're burning each day. Where does technology keep going then? I mean, it's like I said, it's insane to see where it is now. You know, there's obviously videos online. You see people with like autonomous dozers, you know, running and big mines, open mines, and then rock trucks that are just going point A to point B. Where do we go from here? And then what would the timeline be? Because I feel like so many people, even like our size company, medium-sized company, haven't really fully adopted GPS and the technology yet. Is it first everybody has to get on board with that? Because my dad speaks about whenever everyone like excavators first started coming out because he used to use just track loaders to dig basements, right? Like rather than digging a hole, they would like ramp down, dig and everything was like old machinery is what, right? <laughs> and I remember everyone was like, oh, those are terrible. Like don't buy an excavator. And then everyone adopted the excavator, you know, and, and now everyone's gotten to getting roto tilts. And so people are getting ahead with the technology, but. Where does it go from here or do we first need to fully adopt what's happening now? It seems like it's lagging for the construction industry compared to everybody else, you know, especially like manufacturing, you know, they're using all this automation and robots and everything. But as far as construction goes, you know, we're all old school still. We just do it like grandpa did. I can see the autonomy is going to come out, but it's probably still out there in the future. We're still trying to get people just on board to use 3D just to begin with. So we do have 3D systems that are autonomous as far as being able to steer and follow horizontal lines. So new dozers are coming out with that horizontal guidance system where the operator can pick a line and just kind of follow it, let the machine follow it. He's directing the blade to get rid of the material and it's staying on grade with the 3D system that you're using. But as far as like, Construction being compared to mining, you know, if you look at mining operations, they're pretty consistent day after day. Construction, it changes every day. 
somebody can throw a wrench into things and the autonomous system would just not work. So we're trying to make that work as far as the 3D system, like a basic system. And I know that they have these rollers and packers that'll follow a dozer that can be run autonomous. That's pretty simple. It's pretty easy to do that. But to have a dozer go out and start just finish grading a site, that's more complex. And you got a lot of people on site versus a mine. So I know that they're looking at several different systems that would detect people, objects. You know, we have to have all that in place first before you can actually have a fully autonomous site. I would guess maybe 10 years from now that, you know, you might start seeing these. I tell my guys all the time, they're, you know, like, don't worry, your jobs won't be taken <laughs> anytime soon because yeah. when you're on a residential site, you know, or, or construction versus mining, you know, you have foundations, you got uh, sauna tubes, you got trees, you got soft spots in a mine. It's kind of, like you said, A to B every day. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What would help then these construction companies such as myself to get on board? Is it more technology education? Is it through conversations like this and getting the word out about it? How do we spread that? Like, hey, everybody should try to be utilizing some GPS. If you think about it, it's not just the technology, but it's the thought of what are my pain points? And I, I ask this to customers or contractors that are in this industry a lot. What keeps you up at night? How do you solve that? Is it a labor issue? Are you having a problem attracting new operators? Um, yet technology can help with that because these young guys like to play video games. They grew up with the video games. They're on their phones all the time. If you run technology, that's something that's similar to that and they can relate to it. They can pick it up pretty easy. You can also attract new operators over to your company because you are using technology and they feel like, well, if they're a company that's using technology, maybe they're more advanced. Maybe they're, uh, gaining better jobs that I can work on, newer equipment that I could operate. And then uh, also going back to what keeps them up at night, is it cash flow? Is it uh, I'm burning too much fuel? You know, like we talked about previously, the technology can help with that. Maybe you're not able to track all of the dirt that you're moving. So you're not getting paid for what you're actually performing on the job site. So with technology, that's another area that can help you. Yeah. And talk about like exactly like what you did. You have a heavy presence on social media and I do the same as well too. You know, I've connected with all my employees that we have now that we've hired within the past three years have came from social media, you know, so I kind of share that same retrospect of like putting what we want to do out online and getting the word out that way. And that's what you've kind of done as well too. And you've, mm -hmm. you know, what got you on to doing that? Like what made you think, hey, I should probably start promoting my, you know, what I'm doing on social media. I've just always had a love for this industry. And we would do demos with 3D systems on machines. And I would take some videos here and there. Different contractors would ask me, you know, what does the 3D system do? How does it work? What's it going to do to help me? So I would take these videos and like text them to them, email them to them. I was like, well, this is a lot of time to do this also. Why not just share this on social media so that everybody can see it? Because That's awesome. I think it's beneficial that everybody sees this and it would help with my exposure, getting the word out there, showing that technology 
is a great thing to have. And so I created the Digit Digital GPS account, started sharing these demos, the different types of machines that we were setting up at SiteDextile, and then just showing what contractors are doing every day, sharing that lifestyle. And then it gradually just got me more interested in getting the message out for reaching other people who weren't in this industry to decide, maybe I want to make this a career path and maybe I want to get into heavy equipment because you keep hearing all these contractors every day say they can't find people. It's like, you know, how do we gain these people? How do we get them to become operators? And social media is such a great tool. The young generation is on it. You know, I'm on it. I've already got a career, but I want to showcase what I'm doing so that others are interested in it and they can see what I do day to day and what's out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, 115,000 people obviously find what you're doing is interesting because that's how many people follow you on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it just blows my mind. It's, it's crazy to think that there's a lot that many of people. people. Yeah. Do you have family? You got some wife and kids? Wife and uh, three kids. Two are out of high school. One's in the Air Force and one is going to two-year college. What did they think about dad being a social media star? <laughs> they don't say much about it. It's funny because I send videos on there and they're like, yeah, uh, I don't really care about tractors too much. And they're like, well, don't you remember riding with me in the machines and going out to job sites? Like, yeah, okay, well, I think secretly, you know, it's like they like to see that stuff. They follow me, but, you know, and when they were trying to decide on a career, I was pushing for like, do what you like to do. Don't think that you have to do what somebody else says you need to do. Like you don't have to go to college if you don't want to. You can consider a trade. You can consider going to work. And then, you know, my oldest went to the Air Force because that was a good path to go out and just learn something and start getting some knowledge, some experience behind your belt. And then my second son, he decided that he wanted to go to a two-year college first. He's working part-time, going to school. He'll probably go to university. He's really smart. A lot smarter than me, probably. <laughs> so, you know, he's doing some good jobs out there, part-time work at Lowe's and one at the Ford dealership. So he's getting some experience. And I just said, you know, pick something that you like, that you have interest in. And that's what I've done. I've always had interest with heavy equipment. So I'm doing something that I enjoy. And, it, you know, it doesn't become something that's like really difficult for me in this job. And, and it's not hard. Because I enjoy it, you know, and I enjoy yeah. working with the people and helping them and seeing them succeed. Yeah, well, I mean, the passion definitely shows. I remember when SciTech come out to Earth and they had drones and they offered, you know, like stockpile takeoff. They could go to a site where, you know, someone was like, hey, Taylor, take off this pile of topsoil. Let us know what the cost is for that. And they helped us do that. Do you guys do you utilize drones and what you're doing down there as well? Oh, yeah. So much that we've actually created a whole new division at our site tech called SISO Air. We have a, a full drone team and we are like the distributor for DJI, Wingtra. We go nationwide, too. So anybody that needs drones, you know, you can contact me. I'll get you hooked up. Yeah, we have several guys that are really experienced with all aspects of drones, the LIDAR, photogrammetry different softwares, what drone to use for which application. We're helping engineering companies. We're helping law enforcement. You know, they use these drones for uh, 
reconstructing a, an accident scene, you know, and they can map that out with a drone. I mean, it's just amazing. So, yeah, but with stockpiles, takeoffs, it's really neat how you can fly a site from week to week, especially if you're moving a lot of dirt and then take that information and adjust either like some of your building pads, your ponds. Maybe you need to bring in some dirt, but uh, you don't want to. So you, you work with the engineer to make it work. So all that data is just allowing you to make decisions. Yeah. That's another thing that has come so far. I mean, I remember when I first started making some videos like five years ago online with the drone. And I mean, from where that drone has come from now to what you can get just down into the size of, you know, from DJI, little, little uh, Mavic Air, it's pretty insane. It's wild. How did they do it beforehand? Like before drones, what were people doing for stockpile takeoffs? Like measuring it with like a long tape? Well, you could even use your rover if you wanted to. You can measure the base of the pile and then walk it. But somebody physically has to walk it to get those measurements. And then doing a site topo, you could use a rover if you wanted to. A lot of guys would drive it with an ATV or maybe like a mule or something and get some takeoffs. But it's like every 20 feet or every 10 feet, whatever you have it set up as. Before that, you know, you had surveyors that would walk the site and and put it all in their grid books. But they're not getting the exact detail that a drone would. Oh, so, oh 100%. You know, up and down the side of a, a big giant hill or a, a valley, you know, it's it's hard to get that information. Is it more larger companies that you're working with or smaller companies or a mix of both who are using technology, who are using GPS? It's a mix. I would say probably 90% of the large companies are using some sort of technology, whether it's laser, GPS, a robot, they are using it. And most of them have drones that they're using probably every day out on a specific job site. There's a couple of companies in this area, they're flying two or three sites a day and just bringing that back to the estimators and the engineers so that they can take a look at the progress of the job site. I would say the small customers who use technology are probably just a step ahead of everybody else. And to get them on board, you know, it was a demo just to show them the capabilities of the systems. I remember one guy, he used a dozer system for the first time. He told me that he had a couple of weeks built into his estimate to do the grading for a big parking lot. And he actually did it in like three days. So it was like, I'm buying the system. There's no guesswork now. It's like, I didn't even have to get out of the machine and get out of the AC. I could just let the machine do it myself, you know, and have the other guy running the roller all day. So small customers, big customers, everybody gets an advantage with using technology. It's what you said. It's the demo. Like that's super important as well, too. Like getting them out and actually seeing it, like being someone, a business owner that has machinery, like that would be like seeing it on a small job site or like a new home build or grading or a septic system. That's where I think it would really shine for us and help us, you know, with, okay, let's take the plunge and, and kind of really do this. Is there a project or something that you really worked on that stands out in your head as far as maybe it was a job site you were on with GPS that is kind of like, holy crap, this is a really cool job site. I visited one here recently that had like, over 100 machines on it. And a majority of the excavators had GPS on them. The dozers had GPS. It was amazing to see because 
there was no stakes out there on the job. Everybody's digging using the the, the model and That's GPS. Wild. When the excavator's in the cut, you know, they don't have to have a dozer come up and actually push to them to make sure they're degrade using GPS on the dozer. You know, the excavator already has that in his in his cab. And they don't have to have a surveyor out there marking or a guy chasing him with a laser. It's pretty uh, impressive to see something like that. I was on another small site one time. The contractor was demoing the technology. And before we arrived and put it on the machine, he thought he had a back hill that was graded. I can't remember if it was like a three to one slope, but he's like, oh, it's perfect. We've done it. I said, okay, we'll take your dozer out there now that you have GPS, see if it's on grade, you know, make sure it matches. And they ended up bringing 20 more truckloads of dirt in to get it finished up. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess doing it by the seat of your pants and, you know, by eye isn't going to be good enough. You know, you do need to have this type of system or you need to have a lot of stakes out there to help you and stretch string lines, measure, you know, don't guess, just, you know, use the technology to help you. I would totally agree with that. There was one thing, there was so much, like they had a big technology push and demonstrations at Con Expo actually this year. I think actually SiteTech was down there, correct? Well, multiple SiteTechs were there. I went to Con Expo. I was at the Trimble booth a lot. How was it? Uh, oh, it was impressive. Lots of technology. Overpowering. Oh yeah, so much to see. I always think to myself that I'm going to allow so much time to go visit the different areas at Con Expo. And yeah. I run I run out of time. That happens uh, all the time, more frequently. Oh, I'm going to go visit this. Like, oh, we wanted to go see the land clearing booth. That was like the one thing I wanted to really, really go see. And I just didn't even get over there, you know, just yeah. you get talking to somebody over here and then, okay, uh, you're a little behind schedule and then you're going here and it kind of, uh, yeah, no, it it is quite the show. But yeah, the presence of like Trimble and stuff there was really nice to see. I feel like you can see the shift. The booths are getting bigger. The areas are getting bigger for just technology in the industry, which is, I mean, you could spend hours, right? And that's what they were talking about. They weren't talking about this machine, that little feature on this excavator or what this widget is on this machine here. But it was about the technology and how they were developing it to work with each machine and what was coming in the future. A lot of uh, mapping, a lot of uh, back-end office computer systems that you saw probably to help with planning, help with bid takeoffs, tracking your equipment utilization. Those are big things that we need to look at for the future. 100%. I'd say that you're definitely the guy to talk to about that. So if people wanted to reach out, what areas do you service? Uh, so I service North Georgia, mainly Atlanta, Augusta area, Macon. Nice. This kind of the central part of the state. We've got actually four salesmen for Georgia, but SciTech South as a whole covers the state of Georgia, Alabama, the panhandle of Florida and South Florida as well. Nice. Do you ever golfed at Augusta? No, but I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> I love Georgia. We drove, I drove through it going to, uh, I was driving to Florida one year and I just remember them being like, well, it's like the tall pine state. And I just remember there's so many pine trees there. Well, where I was driving at least. Tons of pine trees. Yeah. It's a really great state for uh, all kinds of different things. Cause you have the mountains, you have the city, you have, uh, you know, the coast where you can go to the ocean and then, uh, 
we won't talk about South Georgia too much. It gets really hot down there in Mug. <laughs> but but it, it's also right next to Florida. So you do get uh, access to the beaches down there on the Gulf Coast, which is really nice. So a lot of uh, different things you can do within the state. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's a place to be, man. Uh, so dig a digital GPS so people can go there, find you online and if you're in the north georgia area then they could reach out to you if they got some questions and they want to actually make their business more profitable oh yeah reach out to me if you got any questions regardless you know i i have lots of people that send me messages asking about technology and hey can we do this uh, will this system work on this machine you know what should i use should i use 2d should i get it a 3d i get those questions daily so i like helping everybody else just you know, if you got any questions, feel free to reach out. hundred percent. I mean, there's 115,000 people that want to see what you're doing. So you're sought after man, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, EJ, I appreciate you coming on today, dude. Talking about everything GPS. I definitely feel like I know more. I feel like I should probably have a conversation with you and with my local site tech people now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get a demo set up, right? Exactly. I totally agree. Thanks for coming on, EJ. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, always good to, to hear what you're doing in the industry and uh, what Con Expo is doing. And I appreciate the, the offer. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another Con Expo Con Egg podcast brought to you by our good friends over at Komatsu. We shall catch you on the next one.